Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I am so excited about this conversation today. You know, disconnection from ourselves, each other, the earth, and the sacred in all of life is something that we talk about a lot here on the show. We get a lot of advice from thought leaders, visionaries, and experts on the topic, but we've never had the voice of the mother, Mother Earth, that is. Today, we have the opportunity to explore the wisdom and support of our planet as a caring and conscious mother shares for our collective flourishing. I am so looking forward to this conversation and hopefully you're intrigued. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Annalise Smitsman is a writer, storyteller, visionary, legal strategist, educator, and system developer for transformational change and whole systems learning. She is the founder and CEO of Earthwise Center and the author of Love Letters from Mother Earth. And this is our topic for the day. I am in love with love letters. Welcome, Ana Luce. Mm, thank you so much. It's great to be here again. <laughs> oh, thank you. I am, I am really... It's funny, Annalise, the first time I read your book, I read it on a PDF, and my style, my what I need to do to really get into a book is to have it in my hands, to feel it, to turn the pages, to highlight. And so um, I have to tell you, right now, I'm looking at this copy of your book here, and it's filled with green highlighter. I couldn't find my yellow one the last couple of weeks and I've just been musing on this with green and every page is green. So, and it matches your cover. It's really beautiful, but on a loose, before we start talking about the book though, I, I'm going to ask you again, because your wisdom always shines through and I know in every moment something new can emerge. So I want to start with mm-hmm. our traditional first question here on the show and ask you, what is mm-hmm. all things connected? mean to you in this moment Mm, that we are all together holding hands as the biosphere right now is very activated Um, so uh, for some of you if you've seen the news we've had a major earthquake in Alaska Um, a quake also in Indonesia smaller one in Hawaii there have been a lot of tsunami alerts we've had here Mauritius major flooding we just came out of a cyclone um, there's been severe storms in uh, in Europe. Um, so it's almost like every day now when we when you turn on the news, um, there's another area where we see extreme weather events. So all things connected means to me right now is that we're all in this. <laughs> we're all in this. Um, you know, in some ways also a difficult time. Uh, our planet sees rebalancing herself. Uh, there's been so much accumulation of heat in our biosphere and also in uh, in the ocean from everything that sea, all the heat that sea absorbs. 
Um, and so she has her own ways of having to release that and rebalance that. Um, but that's not always, of course, uh, easy for us in terms of our human life mm. because it can bring these uh, extreme events. So, you know, all things connected here is, I'd almost say, like, you know, hold that in prayer um, to truly um, connect with each other and what that means and what's going on right now with our planet and to be with her, to know she's not punishing us because I I get this question so often, you know, um, is she doing this to us or is she an angry mother or a revengeful mother because we've harmed her body so much and what I always hear from her is no, it's nothing to do with that. She's a mother, she loves us and um, she cares for us deeply but as she's, you know, retins in the love letters as well, she warned and warned again that there comes a point um, where my systems are out of balance, I will have to rebalance myself and um, if it goes this far out of balance, you know, the way that it um, re resets uh, can be severe. So to really all things connected, we're all in this together. We're all impacted by these changes that are going on. But we also, in our togetherness, have the resources to sail through this, to ride out this storm and to come out stronger. And uh, with more appreciation and a much deeper sense of love in action. Mm. Thank you for presencing that. I know, um, you know, many are so aware of these extreme events and, and I'll add major fires and mudslides yes. and flooding. I mean, it just continues to go on. And just a few short months ago, we were in hurricane season with incredible devastation um, on, on several continents, you know, so it's like yeah, yeah. presencing this these extreme events. I, I appreciate how you presence them in the topic of all things connected because number one, like you mentioned, we're not separate from these events on our planet, but also the encouragement, number two, that together as we come together and converge and, and really work together in so many ways, we yeah. can come through this. Yeah. Exactly. What would you say to our listeners? What What is the call from the mother right now and in, in how we can work together to move through this? Um, create communities, create communities of care. This is going to be so important because when they're in these extreme events, um, there's often shortages also in basic supplies, in energy, in water, sometimes food as well. And people can feel really shaken. And, uh, you know, as in the States as well, a lot of people have, have lost everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you're really thrown back onto, onto the basics. And in those kind of times, um, the, you know, the biggest resource that we have is, is in our uh, community, is in our ability to reach out to each other, to be there for each other, um, you know, to really support each other, to share, to care, to give, and to rebuild our communities. And in those areas that have been devastated by these events, let's uh, rebuild our communities from a much stronger vision. Uh, it's also an opportunity to rebuild it on new values, on, on strong wisdom-based values in the care for our planet, uh, much more of an ecological and regenerative awareness as well, and regenerative design principles for our communities and in our activities. Um, so there is so much that we can do to make things better with the little that we have. Um, and, um, and each of us can be a positive contributor to that. 
Thank you for that. I I am hearing the call for community in, in the local sense of being stronger locally, rebuilding locally, connecting and, and creating resources for ourselves, being regenerative and local. But I'm also hearing this call to create um, global community and global connectivity as well, that we can literally be of mutual aid to one another, be this communication um, link that helps us understand what's going on and moving moving consciousness around the planet in a much more efficient way. Would you agree? I fully agree with you. And that's also in the last letter, letter 13. Um, it's called Our Story. Yeah? And this is where I see also, you know, sharing with us. We've had a story so long of, of the vision of fragmentation, but it's really up to us now to create a new story uh, of our togetherness. And, you know, this, the global community that you're describing, that is grounded in, in the local dimensions, uh, yes. united, you know, um, it's amazing because it's, it's sometimes when, um, when I reflect on that and also from the visions that Mother Earth was sharing in the writing of the book, it's like we started as one large family and then we drifted apart through the developments of the different continents. And you know, as we kind of grew and evolved further into these different continents, we also did, you know, evolved in different trajectories. Um, and some of those trajectories have become dominant over others. But that now um, it's the time to reunite. It's the time to bring all the pieces of the puzzle together. It's the time to learn again from each other and appreciate that um, each of these trends, when we weave them together, this is a most amazing mosaic and most amazing design of our wholeness and of the intelligence of the universe in its expression as life here on earth. Yeah? Uh, in you know, th this incredible map almost, I'd say, shows up then. Yeah? And when you're looking through that map, you see yourself in a whole new way um, and you get a sense of purpose and directiveness uh, and direction um, as well, that is grounded in our wholeness, that is grounded in our togetherness, um, that gives far more context uh, for our personal uh, as well as our collective development and our next step as a species. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Anna Luce, I just want to pause here because you're saying so many beautiful things and the content of that um, does unfold in this book. So let's, let's talk about the love letters here. They've been, they've been carefully composed via this process of, of your inspired writing. You mentioned the vision of the mother coming through and listening deeply to the mother earth. Tell us a little bit about the foundations of this book. The, there's 13 love letters. Um, from Mother Earth. How how did you write this? Where did it come from and, and what was your process? Mm, that's nice. Um, well, it, it came through um, a very deep prayer. Um, there was, um, when it came, this was in January 2016. And at that time, there was a lot of shocks around the world about uh, terror attacks that were happening in Europe. Yeah? And so I was supporting that uh, collective healing process and in kind of very deep meditation with Mother Earth and said, look, there's so much going on and we are, we keep harming each other. And, um, you know, a lot of people are scared now and they're also scared of otherness. Yeah? 
um, because this is what the terror in, in many ways creates is this fear in our in our minds yes so such as uh, we are your children and you are our mother what is it you like to share with us and what is it that we need to remember and realize and actualize uh, for these challenging times in which we are now to really help our world through this and to help our world to heal from the core and from the foundations and uh, as that was my prayer then a few days afterwards um, these letters started to come through and at that time I had no intention to write a book <laughs> I was writing a very different book in fact um, and um, as the next letter started to come through and I started to realize the importance of what she was sharing I stopped writing the book I was working on and made time uh, in my life and postponed a lot of my work to really, really listen in. And she started then first by sharing, um, and it's called in part one, our beginning. She was sharing with me how she experienced um, her story, her journey of, of coming into becoming our planet. Yeah? Uh, so it was a beautiful way um, for me as well to experience that really through the eyes of the mother. And, and a deep union of the, the father love and the mother love um, and the spirit of life being born from that love uh, and how it made that evolutionary journey, that richness possible out of which so many beings have evolved here uh, with this incredible experience of, of life. And um, so Nancy shouted through part one to take us back on that journey and she was saying that if you want to understand how the world has become so divided and fragmented, you need to remember also how it was first born out of wholeness and then what happened uh, and where in our journey we kind of lost touch um, with our direct connection with the unified field of consciousness. And then she took us through the journey of ladder one, the flame of love, and then ladder two, the forgetting, and then a journey back into our reunification. And then she started to give these essential three keys um, for our reintegration and our deeper unification and this healing of the inner and outer world, um, which then letter four became unlocking the four quadrants and then the relationship between the co-creative feminine and the masculine and the sacred union and alchemy in that, and then taking us on a journey of entering the seven gates of the dark goddess, <laughs> which is an amazing uh, journey. Yeah? And from that journey, then kind of coming, being deconstructed um, through the elemental journeys, and then going back into the back into a womb, uh, and then from there being being reborn again, but then from really from that wholeness consciousness, and after that um, came part three of our birthing of a new cycle. Uh, with a beautiful vision of how that would feel, how, how life would be for us as human beings when we truly birth that uh, from that beautiful unity and, and wholeness and the healing that becomes power, possible through that journey. And then she went deeper into understanding the power of love because she said that, you know, many people think that love is an emotion or love is a feeling or some people say love is a pole and I was saying it's not never it's never a polarity she's saying that love is not love is much more fundamental love is the foundation for manifestation you know love is a law and so she took us then deeply through that journey of really what is love and and how can we really work with the resource and the power 
of love, for the healing of, of our worlds and between our worlds. And then remembering our collective responsibility now. And then um, as I was completing letter 10, the sun came. <laughs> and uh, it was the same kind of clarity as Mother Earth was speaking, saying, look, I'm, I'm energizing your planet all the time, you know, with my rays of light uh, and with the rays of knowledge within this light, I'm infusing your worlds impregnating um, your worlds uh, with this divine wisdom. And so then the sun started to share about the heart of light and our relationship as beings of light and the sun's relationship with Mother Earth. And by sharing that as another kind of key, it starts to then reveal in that togetherness, which is letter 12, about our freedom. Um, and that journey is about that for many people, we feel trapped in this endless cycle that just keeps repeating and repeating like a labyrinth, you know, like a matrix that we feel caught into and, and just not knowing how to get out because we so often forget. And then we have to redo everything again. And then we're hoping that the next generation will learn from what happened before. Well, quite often this is not the case. So in then letter 12, this is a deep journey into what our freedom what it means. Um, and then through that part five, our integration, we then come into really our story and the depth of our story, you know, from the beginning to where we are now in the full appreciation of all these future potentialities that are here for us in how we bring that future into being. So that is kind of the foundations of the book uh, and how it emerged. Mm. You know, it emerged in these letters, and I love the journey that you just took us on and and, and how they unfolded. And I, I encourage our listeners to go in and, and deepen into each of those letters. You talk about it as a living map, that it really has created this collection of, of wisdom potentials for us to, to really help be more conscious and design our inner and outer worlds in a way. So I, I love that. And I want to really dig into a couple different topics here, but first I, I want to ask you, um, hopefully just a spontaneous question in this moment that maybe you <laughs> haven't been asked before so that we get this fresh response from you, but <laughs> what may have surprised you the most in what you've learned from this voice of Mother Earth? What came through that really um, maybe gave you this aha and this whole new expansive way of, of thinking? Because you're such a wise woman anyway. But what, what really moved you in this process? Oh, I love that question. That's for sure spontaneous. And no one has asked me <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, the depths of the of the darkness um that uh, the dark this is you know the way she describes that journey with the masculine and the feminine so that the masculine in a way needs to become conscious of itself um by dissolving into the darkness you know how important that so that the inner darkness um as it, you know mother for sharing that that is really the wisdom domain of the feminine yeah? And so often um, in our societies, um, you know, women have been made wrong for that. Um, whenever, you know, there was been this association and the darkness is 
is black, uh, as in uh, evil, or, yeah, as to be feared because it's unknown. But there's really the, the incredible importance of how the light is born from the darkness. Um, I, yeah, talk about that juxtaposition, because I really appreciate that section in the book where we're talking about the, the rebalancing of masculine and feminine, and, and that men need to go into the dark to find that light, and women, and I don't want to put the wrong words out there, so will you talk about that, because I think that is a beautiful section in the book. Exactly. So, let me see if I can actually find it so we can read a little bit. Um, from that, can't find it that quickly. Let me just talk about that. So here, so the first of all is that, um, and that is, you know, the paradox of life is that we experience the changeless in a world of change. We experience darkness by contrast of light. Yeah, we live in this world of of duality. Yet underlying this, there is always this. You know, incredible unity. And then, I just want to bring you to the exact. While you're doing that, I'm going to read one of my favorite quotes from that Please section. Please do that. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, this is so beautiful. And, and you write, or Mother Earth writes, however you want to look at this. Yeah. Is, Through the feminine, love is received. Through the masculine, love is fertilized. Through the feminine... Love is nurtured to grow until it is ready to be born, at which stage the active masculine brings it into the world. Together in their union, love is made manifest. I love that quote, and it's not what we're talking about with the, what men need to do and what women need to do, but it's so powerful to think about this dance of, of harmony and balance and, and what we're really looking at with this darkness that, you know, we're talking about consciousness here, and, and this is so beautiful. You also wrote, whatever was cast to the darkness, to live yeah. in the unconscious domains of the quadrant, remain, reclaim it. Bring this forth from the darkness into the light so that these energies may become self-conscious. I love that. Exactly, because you see, it's very often we, showed, we associate consciousness with light, you know? But we don't realize the knowledge that lives within the darkness. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so that is so powerful. And when, you, when you're looking at um, in the love ladder, it takes you also through the, in the middle earth. <laughs> it's in the center of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that if we're looking at our brain, then we have kind of the upper part of our brain and the lower part of our brain. And it's like in our brain development, there's been this disconnection. So we become very dominant in all the information from our neocortex, all the information that is on the top. Yeah? Uh, and as if then everything that is in, in our underworld, the underbrain, the lower brain, is being made inferior. Hmm? Mm. Uh, and yet our direct access to the unconscious is right there. And incredibly important. And this is also why in one part of the book, um, we talk about the energy behind both light and darkness is the same. Because people in that polarity matrix, we've associated as if they are two different things. Yeah? Light arises from darkness. Darkness can only be experienced by the presence of light. See the wholeness relationship between light and darkness as yes. an important key yeah, to our integration. And the key to that 
is, um, and that's described as our diamond consciousness. You were given three eyes to see from Trinity. Your left eye, your right eye, and your third eye, which is in the center of your head. And that these three eyes create the upper triangle, and then the downward triangle connects your eyes to the eye inside your heart. So the union of both these trinities manifests the power of love and creation. So the upper trinity represents the one becoming the divine masculine and divine feminine principle. And the downward trinity represents the sacred union of the divine masculine and divine feminine. And they then give birth to the flame of love as the spirit of life. So the practice is then to keep these two trinities as united from within our heart center. And if we do that, um, we will see that although a lot of in our society we get constantly information as if the world is polarized and divided and fragmented, but if you keep these two trinities always in the wholeness relationship, so you really see from the wholeness, um, then you see through that. You don't get into this fragmented perception. Yes. And this is, you know, where, um, so by remarrying in many ways and coming home to that sacred darkness within our being, um, which is also in many ways a return of the sacred feminine, the sacred feminine rising. We hear a lot about that. And, you know, we're talking in the next part of the show about uh, the, the sacred feminine as well. Um, but also there for, for really mean a, a revaluing of, what as as woman um, in that womb wisdom, you know, yeah. all this beautiful great mystery in that darkness, what that represents, because uh, you know all the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the love is in there, and um, there is also this. Look at our, for example, we have the day and we have the night, you know. Um, so if everything is only active, always on, always light, always activated, yeah. We become incredibly imbalanced. So this place of rest, of reintegration. So in the feminine, in in the mother uh, energy, in the mother wisdom is also this invitation to really relax back into her, relax into that within ourselves, and from that naturally reintegrate into the unified field of consciousness. And that is doesn't need to be an active process. It is a receptive process. It is a, a letting go. It's a trusting into. And when we do that, there's this beautiful wisdom that just comes forth, that just naturally guides us and takes us in that sacred darkness uh, where we need to go for our growth. And from there, there's a naturally born the next impulse as the going out. And this is where I see if we're looking at men and women. So for a lot of men, the learning right now is also to, you know, find their own inner feminine, to be okay um, with the darkness inside themselves so that they don't always have to be the light and have to be active. And yet for women, there's kind of holding that space for that. For us, it's in many ways to be okay with our inner light. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, that yes. we may bring our light forth. <laughs> yes. This is this is a, such an important conversation and and I don't want to interrupt you. We need to go to a break, but I'm I'm also very aware that when you're talking about these brain functions that we we literally have um created this hierarchy of our cognitive abilities with the different parts of the brains and really um devalued those instincts and intuition and the, the lower parts of our brain. But you also say that a new 
or I'm going to say Mother Earth is saying that yeah. there's a new brain function emerging and yes. developing as we look yeah. at this wholeness and this new way of being. So we have so much more to talk about. This is an exciting voice <laughs> to lend to the conversation. I'm here with Annalise Smitsman, author of The Love Letters from Mother Earth. We'll take a quick break and be right back. sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Let's go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? Of course. I I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? It's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Post-parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. An entire station devoted to your personal development. Welcome to Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. 
welcome back. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I always love to hear from you and I thank you for your engagement, your comments, your notes, your messages. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are here today with Anna Luce Smitsman, author of Love Letters from Mother Earth. You can find her at earthwisecenter.org. That's earthwisecenter, C-E-N-T-R-E dot org. And right before the break, we were talking about this the amazing, the masculine feminine, the dark, embracing the dark, the new brain functions that are emerging. And right before that, Anna Luce, you had mentioned the, the power of love and talking about that. And I, I just want to return to that piece as we're looking at returning to our wholeness you, you write that we discover these keys of our inner and outer healing and, and start these to really understand what's happening happened on our planet for so many thousands of years here. And Mother Earth reminds us in these letters that this new cycle of time is being born through our integration. And it's based on our love and our wholeness. It's really based on seeing um and and experiencing life and the world through these these new this new way of being these new skills and this this new way of literally some practices you mentioned here too mm-hmm. but i want to start with this beautiful quote on love because so much of the book comes through and mother earth talks about love and this is a beautiful quote love is the power of our sacred union it is the power of our deepest connectedness Love is the power of our unity and communion. Love is the only power that can bring lasting peace. It is by the power of our love that we bring forth the fifth world of unity and harmony by divine grace. Speak more about this. I am just in awe with the the beauty that comes through and, and really talking about this power of love and how this is birthing a new a new world for us here. Yes, and that's I love that you shared that quote. It's wonderful. And um, I'll reply to that by another quote, where you know, which answers your question, whether it's is about the power of love cannot be manipulated. Yeah, mm-hmm. because again, it's people are asking, well, that's so nice, but how can love be so powerful? You know, until we understand what this force is, so power of love could not be manipulated since it represents our sacred union from the eternal. Love does not distort reality. Love cannot be divided and fragmented. And that is so incredibly. So love liberates because love is free. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in this place of going, mm, yes, love, love and really understanding it. And I think that quote, when, when I was talking about the masculine and feminine and that rhythm and that flow and that balance and that harmony that happens when we begin to balance that. So all of this is, is really talking about our return to wholeness. 
Um, we, we both talk about a wholeness code. We, we, we kind of talk about it a little yeah. different, but much the same of, of really looking at this. So let's, let's go into this return to wholeness and, and what that means for us on the planet right now. Mm, so the first return is, uh, is there inner wholeness? So it's, it's recognizing whether we are truly aligned uh, within a synergized and harmonized with our own potentialities. Yeah. Yes. And that's, yeah. And that's one of kind of one of our biggest challenges as, as human beings is not to let yourself get fragmented, not let yourself uh, get divided. Um, but as a whole being your physical, your emotional, your mental, spiritual, energetic, you know, your, your, your full sacred potential, uh, and really embracing that um, there's, there's a, and within this whole human being, you are a smaller cell within a, a much larger being. And this is when you were sharing earlier about this beautiful new cycle that is being born through our convergence. Um, and one of the visions that uh, it was one of the most powerful visions that she shared uh, in the book in Letter 7 was she was sharing from a collector or a planetary perspective as if each planet um, had been given um, an evolutionary field, like a playing field yeah, of a particular constellation. And in these constellations were all kinds of evolutionary um, potentials um, that were being experimented with and played out and actualized. And so a lot of, lot of learning processes in these, in these little uh, spheres. And that we are now, um, there's 16 cycles that are repeating, that, that are converging together. And that they are uniting. And that in each of these planets, um, holding the purpose for these evolutionary playing fields, imagine that all these evolutionary potentials now start to come together. It's a bit like thinking of it as um, you have 16 family members or 16 families, and each family, uh, again, has many different members, and each of them are going on a little journey and a task, and can you learn this, and can you discover that, and now it's time to bring that back. So as all these different evolutionary playing fields are converging, so these constellations are coming together, which by the power of love, because the power of love is such that whatever... Uh, has been sent out on its journey into diversification will return. And as it returns, it brings back everything that it has learned so that the wholeness of it um, grows through that and can renew itself. So as each of these fields are converging, that means we are together giving birth to a new constellation of being. And as we're giving birth, in our togetherness to a no constellation, it changes also the gravitational fields for each of us. Mm. And because it changes therefore, as in this new constellation uh, of our beingness and our individual beingness from within and as through that wholeness constellation, um, we all kind of moved into a different positions as well. So as the gravitational fields change and we're giving birth to this new constellation, naturally also time changes because time is born out of that dance. Yeah? Mm. And that's the foundation for how this new cycle 
is coming. This new cycle is being born out of the convergence of each of these previous 16 cycles. Um, and in many ways, we are still like, you know, little babies <laughs> yeah. to discover, you know, what that means. And therefore, the importance as well now in this time is when we're looking at um, all these challenges that we're faced with and the stress of our world as well and our societies, how are we going to respond to that? If we're going to respond to that through an old story, an old response pattern, an old habit, yeah, we cannot unlock the opportunities that are here for us, that are coming through our convergence. Yeah? However, if we hold very clearly now the intention, um, so what would a new response to that be? And I'll give you a very practical example of that. Today we were giving um, a leadership training to one of uh, the biggest financial institutions here in Mauritius. And you know, they were having a challenge uh, between different generations. And the younger generations in that particular institutions would just not activate the way that the old management structures were working. And as the younger generations were having less engagement and less motivation and didn't see much sense or purpose for why to work like that in these incredible long hours and for what, the older generation started to put more pressure on them. So retreating back into old positionings and old storylines, thinking that more disciplining and more pressure and, and more threats uh, was going to engage them and it wouldn't work. So today when we said, look, it's not going to work anymore. There's, there's a whole new way of responding to this. And if you get that, and if that really clicks, you find you can actually engage these younger generations and really motivate them to be a part of this journey and to be a part of your organization yeah? in a ways that, that you've never discovered before. And you sort of shift in the room and they realize like, Wow, so if we, if we ourselves are starting to have a new response, hold the intention differently, yeah, then we're going to get very different outcomes. So that's really, you know, all of that we're sharing here, this is not just nice narratives and beautiful inspirations and wonderful stories. When you apply it in real life situations like we were doing today, you'll see you can unlock situations that people have not been able to unlock before. And there is this transition time then, because as we are coming into a new response, and a new way of bringing into being, of you know, where are we now? And how can we access these evolutionary potentials that are here for us now to address the challenges and to really uh, be the change for what is required? Yeah? Then we also need to be, again, be comfortable in that little bit of that unknown and that means in that unknown space, um, this is when we become the custodians for the emergence. Mm. And, um, and be okay with that uncertainty for a little while, trusting that in the emergence, this new way and these new structures, they, they are there. They come through and they come into being, which again is sacred darkness, you see? How the light is born from the darkness. Hmm. You are brilliant. You are brilliant. And I just want to just pause and acknowledge you, um, Anna Luce, because you are a master at not just bringing through this wisdom and, and talking about these cycles and, and patterns and what have you, but the application of it into practical, really groundbreaking ways for us to make the shift, to make change. I, I really, really appreciate that about you. And mm -hmm. I think it's brilliant. And I, 
and I do want to just also acknowledge how freeing, how liberating it, it is to just listen to you also talk about these new evolutionary potentials are really coming through as, as we, um, this new cycle is about the convergence and the synchronization of the other 16 cycles. It, it feels liberating to go, ah, yeah, you know, I, I really, really appreciate that. So thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you for the brilliance and thank you for bringing yeah, it down in you. that example. Yes, because it yeah. is about the application now. I agree yeah. with you. We can't just yeah. talk about it now and it's not just a nice idea. It really is practical. One of the things that That's you write so about is that harmony. Yes. Harmony is the organizational principle or the organizing principle for higher consciousness development. And I would love to hear you expand on that because I know you do bring that into practical application as well. Let's talk about harmony. What does oh, that mean? Wonderful. So again, everything in the work of creation, there's always a trinity, yeah? So when you see one principle, there's always two other ones at work. So yes. harmony uh, exists together and uh, with synergy, which exists with alignment, yeah? It's like with organizational development as well, when we're working with harmonization, we're working with alignment, synergy, and then harmonization, always as a trinity together. Yeah? Um, because for there to be a, a harmony, that means that there are things that are aligned, and if harmonization is required, that means that there are things out of alignment. Yeah? Mm. And when the alignment starts to happen, it's not a static alignment. It, we want it to be a, a dynamical alignment, which and that's the synergy element of it. Because in the dynamical alignment, that means there is an interplay between the different elements from the wholeness, yeah? um, and there is that beautiful alchemy that starts to starts to become activated through that process. So in the synergy. Each element is giving of itself for the creation of something new. And the creation of something new can only happen by kind of the, the merging and the blending uh, and, and the lovemaking <laughs> of mm. these different elements. And that brings them forth. So when that is aligned and it's synergized, this beautiful <laughs> harmony, you know, just opens up and we can feel that in our being. And yeah. so I really like, yeah, to bring in that dynamical aspect of that because in my work with people, sometimes I've found that people hear the word harmony static and they think, oh, I have to be completely still because otherwise I'm out of harmony, you know. And if there's a little upset, and, oh, I'm losing my harmony. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you see, harmony is very dynamic. It's very, very, very strong because it is grounded in this trinity relationship that yeah. it comes from that alignment and that beautiful synergy. So let's deepen into this trinity relationship before we um, close the show here, because I think I think it's brilliant how we're talking about really um, looking at polarization. Yeah. And duality on our planet. And maybe we can just spend the time before we close here today of, of just going a little deeper into this Trinity relationship as maybe practical, real advice that you have for people who might find themselves polarized. Because it's a beautiful mm -hmm. prescription for us in those times of polarization. Exactly. So whenever you feel yourself polarized, there's always a rejection. 
And there's always me versus the other rather than me and the other. So whenever you know that if I'm in one pole, then what is it that if I want to know what my other pole is, then it's probably that which I'm rejecting, which I'm against, which I'm pushing away. So that already tells me for my reaction, it tells me the pole I'm standing in, the pole that I'm not seeing. But both poles are grounded in a higher principle. That is that trinity. Yes. In quantum mechanics, we're talking about superposition principle. And that makes quantum entanglement uh, and quantum coherence possible so that you have two particles <laughs> at the same time uh, in different places uh, impacting on each other so that it's never disconnected. So in, in our world, we kind of only see, th if we are in that fragmented perception, then we start to see things polarized like me versus them. Uh, and we don't start to see that both poles can only exist because they, there's a there's a higher principle from where it has emerged, and when we so if you were to imagine that you have this triangle and the triangle at the, you know the, the the point at the top, and then the two poles at the base, and you were to shield the top of it, you would only see these two poles. So you see duality. Uh, so we're forgetting that Trinity relationship. Where also in the old alchemical teachings, you've always there's an old saying that. There's wherever you see the oneness, it's always the three in one. Mm -hmm. mm. And and when we hear the word co-creation, we'll often only talk about two. Wherever there's two, there's three. And whatever becomes, whenever we have co-creation of the two, a third one is born from that. Mm -hmm. So it's like from the unity comes the beauty comes to two, from out of the one comes to two. They're always in a three relationship from the two as they start to go through the alchemy and the sacred union together, is born the third. It's like the child, yeah? the father and mother. And the marriage of that brings forth the spirit of life as the child. Yeah? And within the child is again also the principle of the three becoming the two, you see? So there's this amazing way in which life brings itself forth. So if we start to see that, um, and this is incredibly important, look at all the systems in our world. Look at the political system, for example, that... Uh, are most challenged now um, to come into this new paradigm, uh, including your your state system there in, in the states. It's uh, it's bipolar systems. Yeah, it's these majoritarian systems where you have two parties that are dominating. Whereas if you have more of these consensual systems where you have multi parties, yeah, you have they find that these um, kind of political systems are much more equipped. Um, to innovate, to renew themselves, and you don't have these extremes. Yeah. Um, so in, in all the practical applications, we, we really need to, to understand that if we keep designing systems, better the educational system or political systems or economic systems where we're asking people to compete, where we are creating this division between um, us and them, uh, including immigration policies, and you can apply this in all kinds of domains, then you're going to get a world of tension. And we will never be able to tap into our full evolutionary potential that is here right now for us, uh, of a humanity awake and a humanity united, and a humanity coming into coherence. And so the health of a system, if we're looking at our body, when the body is optimized and really healthy, all the cells work together. Yeah? Mm. They don't work against each other. If we start to have growth patterns in our body where one starts to 
almost operate separately of other systems. We get this cancer, we get this you know, viral growth. And so there's plenty of examples that nature provides us, that Mother Earth reminds us of. What growth pattern do we choose now for our next evolutionary process? Um, the intelligence and the wisdom, it's here. It's now really up to us to recognize it and apply it. Beautiful. Wow. This is such an important topic and I love the invitation to just really muse into that it's all right here. The wisdom is right here. The solutions are right here. Everything that we need is already right here and, and it's now our choice. What what do we want to do with this? What a, what a evocative invitation that is for all of us listening to this today. Annalise, this has been so enlightening and there's so much more and I didn't even get to all the green ink in the book (laughs) 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 because it's highlighted page after page after page. But is there any one thing that um, in two minutes or less here that we didn't get to talk about from this love letters from Mother Earth that you really want to make sure our listeners hear today? Uh, Yes, there's one thing is speak to her. Just like these letters came through to me as I was in deep conversation with her, she speaks to all of us. <laughs> so call on her. Yeah, I even tell the same thing to my children. Even when they um, when they go out, sometimes they are scared or they, they ha- if they have a bad dream, I tell them, call on Mother Earth. You know, she's our mother. Speak to her, share with her, uh, call her forth, ask her for support. And the wisdom will come and she will share. So just to remind that all of us are her children. We are all children of this beautiful planet. And um, may this inspire you for your own practice to come closer to her. And by doing so, come closer to yourselves and to each of us. Beautiful. And I want to thank you (laughs) so much Mm. for this conversation. Yeah. And I I just want to just take another brief moment here and ask you, how might our listeners tune into her and really listen? I know we only just have another minute here, but some of them are going, yeah, I can talk to her. But how do I how do I hear her in the way that you have? Mm, The first is is your body. Your body is is the closest. Mm -hmm. It's the mind that sometimes gets in the way. Um, so, yeah, love your body. Put your hands on your body. Breathe her in. As you, every breath that you're taking is her breath too. Every exhale that you make you know, brings your beautiful air into the atmosphere. So you're already connected with her. Mm-hmm. Already are. So you're go you know, relax into the most natural connection via your body. Feel her through your feet, feel her through your hands, touch the stones, um, you know, hold the trees, play with the animals. <laughs> yeah. mm. When you go out, um, you know, embrace the sky, um, look at the clouds, let yourself really be at home in nature. Beautiful. As nature. Great first step for all of us. Thank you so much. Listeners, go check out Love Letters from Mother Earth. You can find that on Amazon and everywhere else. Also, you can check out Annalise's work on earthwisecenter.org. Annalise, this is a joy. It's always a joy to have your voice here on the show. Um, Thank Mm -hmm. you for joining us again today. Thank you so much.
Much love. <laughs> oh, thank you. And listeners, I want to leave you with this quote, beautiful from our Mother Earth. My body can provide enough nourishment for all my children without constantly sacrificing my non-human children. My body provides enough plant medicine to cure all your diseases. My knowledge has always been freely available as the intelligence of nature. Look and you will find it. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.